This is Beach Weekly. Welcome to Season 9, Episode 6 of Beach Weekly, a podcast created and produced by Long Beach State student-run newspaper, The Daily 49er. I'm your host, Isabel Salaji, and I don't know about you all, but I can't believe we're in week 6 of the semester already. Time flies and all that, I suppose. So, to make sure I don't waste any of your time, let's jump right into this week's top stories. Last Wednesday, September 21st, Long Beach State hosted a forum for the last two remaining candidates for Long Beach City Mayor. The candidates, Rex Richardson and Susie Price, spoke to a nearly full room in the USU Beach Auditorium right here on campus. The Daily 49ers video editor, Luke Wines, covered the event and spoke to attendees afterwards. Here is Luke with more on the forum. Thank you, Isabel the Demon. I'll be taking it from here. The mayoral forum was held in the university student union's auditorium. It was moderated by the League of Women Voters. One of the big points they wanted to drive home that night was that it was not a debate. It was a forum, meaning that candidates would respond to questions, not each other. This format has both positives and negatives. One of the big positives is that it keeps the night peaceful, but at the same time, it can make it hard to respond to your opponent when they're misusing your words or possibly spreading misinformation. With that out of the way, the two candidates were Susie Price and Rex Richardson. Price is the current council member for Long Beach District 3. Richardson is the current vice mayor of Long Beach and council person from District 9. One of the most stark differences between these two candidates are the districts they come from. Susie Price's District 3 is one of the richest in Long Beach, while District 9, where Richardson comes from, is one of the most economically disadvantaged districts in the city. This difference between the two came across very clear in their three-minute opening statements. Richardson began by talking about inequality in Long Beach. He focused on the up to 20-year life expectancy difference between the zip code that you're born in. Price began her opening statement by referencing her time at Long Beach State. She talked about her upbringing as a refugee and immigrant, as well as how proud she was to be able to work with victims in our criminal justice system. One of the first questions the candidates had to answer was on their solution to the homelessness crisis plaguing Long Beach. Price said that as mayor, she would increase the number of outreach teams per district to connect with those experiencing chronic homelessness. Richardson took a more systemic approach to his answer. He agreed with Price that outreach was important, but he also touched on his HOPE plan, which is an affordable housing program to create quality and stable housing for all, as well as expand mental health services to those who are experiencing homelessness. The candidates also spoke on the environment. Richardson began by saying that he was proud to be the only candidate in this race for mayor that hadn't accepted a dollar and would not accept a dollar from oil companies. In an interesting turn of events during her own answer to the question, Price said that students live in a time of the internet and should fact-check things they heard that night. Price also talked about the Long Beach port being known around the world as a green port. She referenced the port's zero-emission goals, but also made clear that the port will have a lot of opportunity to grow under her as mayor. After the forum, Daily 49ers spoke to members of Students for Quality Education, a progressive group on campus. They told us that they were officially endorsing Rex Richardson for mayor of Long Beach. The election will take place on November 8th. Cal State Long Beach students will be able to turn in their ballots inside of the pyramid on and before Election Day. You can register or check your registration to vote by going to registertovote.ca.gov. And that was the Daily 49ers video editor, Luke Wines. Thank you, Luke. Long Beach State has officially hired Daniel Montoya as the new vice president for university relations and development. Montoya has previously worked in various development leadership positions at different universities since 2005, including at San Diego State, University of California, San Diego, and most recently, Loyola Marymount University. 
In his new role at Long Beach State, Montoya will be tasked with directing funding and spending and managing community and alumni relations, particularly in the area of donations. Long Beach State President Jane Close Connolly said that Montoya will be assigned, quote, the largest comprehensive fundraising campaign in CSULB's history, unquote. Montoya is set to officially start his role as Vice President for University Relations and Development on October 10th. Los Angeles County public health officials announced last Thursday, September 22nd, that it was lifting its mask requirement for public transit. Los Angeles was the last county in California to continue requiring masks in public transit settings, and its Department of Public Health officials are still strongly recommending that travelers wear masks. Officials stated that the lifting of the mandate is due to the fact that COVID-19 cases in the county have now dropped down to the low category. However, if cases rise again, then the mandate is subject to being reinstated. According to CBS News, the rate of COVID-19 cases in LA County is now at 98 cases per 100,000 people. In addition to public transit, LA County announced that masks are no longer required at homeless shelters and correctional facilities. And the indoor masking recommendation has gone from strongly recommended to individual preference in the county. Flu season is on the horizon again after going largely unnoticed for the last two years. While COVID-19 has been raging since 2020, as I'm sure we all know, the influenza virus has taken a backseat pretty much. This is due to the fact that because many people tried to avoid contracting COVID and took drastic measures to do so, they also successfully avoided contracting the flu. However, since travel has opened up again, public gatherings are essentially back to normal, and less people are wearing masks than they used to, public health officials are warning that this flu season could be really bad. So bad, in fact, that it may cause something called a twindemic, which would include both a surge in COVID-19 cases and a severe flu season. According to NPR, the flashing red light that the flu could be bad in the U.S. this winter is due to the fact that influenza was a problem throughout the winter of this year in the Southern Hemisphere. For example, Australia just experienced its one of the worst flu seasons in five years. And scientists say that public health patterns in the Southern Hemisphere's winter are often a pretty strong indication for what the Northern Hemisphere can expect in our winter. Again, that's all according to NPR. To ward off the possibility of coming down with the flu, public health officials are encouraging everyone to go get their annual flu shot. On the Long Beach State campus, all students, staff, and faculty members can get their flu shot for free at one of the student health services clinics, which are held every week at different times and locations around campus. For more information on how to get your free flu shot, you can call or visit the Student Health Services website. If you listened to our show last week or you're just a mega news junkie like me and keep up with almost everything that happens in California, then you know that some California residents are going to be receiving inflation relief payments from the state. The first round of relief payments, also called the middle class tax refunds, will hit bank accounts for those signed up for direct deposit between October 7th and October 25th, according to the California Franchise Tax Board. After the first round, the rest of the direct deposits will be issued between October 28th and November 14th. For those who are not signed up for direct deposit, debit cards will be mailed to them between October 25th and January 15th, depending on whether or not you received a Golden State stimulus debit card last year. According to KTLA, the Franchise Tax Board says it will give more details about the debit mailing card dates in the next month. And as you may already know, not everyone in the state will meet the criteria necessary to receive a relief payment. 
So residents must have filed for income tax in California and make less than $500,000 in order to qualify. And if you do qualify, you can expect a payment between $200 and $1,050, depending on your income and the size of your family. And now onto our pop culture portion of the pod. If you are a baseball fan like me, then you most definitely saw that this past Friday night, veteran slugger for the St. Louis Cardinals, Albert Pujols, hit his 700th career home run against the Dodgers right here in Los Angeles. And if you're not a baseball fan and you're wondering why on earth that's a big deal, well, that's because Pujols is only the fourth player in Major League Baseball history to hit 700 home runs. Having reached the rare milestone, Pujols now joins baseball greats Babe Ruth, Hank Aaron, and Barry Bonds as the only other players to make it to the 700 club. Tennis legend Roger Federer has now officially entered retirement after playing his last professional match on Friday. Federer played his last match at the Laver Cup by playing doubles with his longtime rival, Rafael Nadal. The match concluded with lots of crying from Federer, his family, other tennis players, and basically every fan in the stadium and around the world. Federer was the first man to win 20 Grand Slam titles and retires with the second most men's single titles of all time. Federer's retirement follows that of women's tennis great Serena Williams, who retired earlier this year. It's fair to say that both Federer and Williams' retirements this year are a huge blow to professional tennis. It's very likely at this point that many of us are aware, at least somewhat, of a very weird cheating scandal surrounding Maroon 5 frontman Adam Levine. Levine, who is married to model Bahati Prinsloo, was accused of sending inappropriate text messages to several different women. Levine confirmed that he did in fact do this and apologized for it. Since then, an interview with Levine from 2009 has resurfaced with him saying that monogamy was not in men's genetic makeup and that he admitted to cheating in relationships in the past. So that's nice and not at all confusing. The highly anticipated film Don't Worry Darling, directed by Olivia Wilde and starring Florence Pugh and Harry Styles, has officially hit theaters. The film has been surrounded by a whirlwind of drama and confusion, to put it very mildly, from rumors of a feud between Wilde and Pugh to a very crazy and confusing accusations that Styles may have spit on co-star Chris Pine at the Venice Film Festival. I'm not going to comment on that, though. It's been a wild press tour, to say the least. And aside from all the drama, the film itself has so far failed to meet critics' expectations, with it scoring a pretty low 38% on Rotten Tomatoes. But it's not exactly uncommon for critics and audience members to have differing opinions on films and television shows, so I encourage you to go see the film for yourself and make up your own mind. At least that's what I plan on doing. And that is all for episode 6 of Beach Weekly. To read up on the stories we covered today and see all of our other objectively amazing content, head on over to daily49er.com. And be sure to give us a follow on our socials at daily49er so you don't miss a single thing that happens on campus. Because a lot is happening all the time, if you have noticed. I hope you all have a fantastic week, and I'll meet you back here next Monday. 